0: it going, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business where we empower any creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I am so excited for this show. So many great topics. An amazing guest and a great co-host to hang out with. Keeping it in the family, producer Lauren joining us. Hey Lauren.
1: Aw,
2: thanks. Hi, Ryan. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I had the most unbelievable night of my life knife <laughs> you know and it's so good i just forgot how to talk i had the most unbelievable night of my life last night
2: last night
0: i attended the world baseball classic final usa versus japan at lone depot park here in miami and i've been watching baseball since i was a little lad i've seen many a baseball game in many different stadiums and i'm telling you i have never Ever had an experience watching baseball that was anything close to what I experienced last night it wow. was incredible it was incredible even though Team USA lost it was still incredible <laughs> and I I'm, I'm still over the moon about it it was unbelievable Lauren
2: wow they like, lose and you love it well because
0: here's what I found out about baseball because I've never been to an international baseball game I've only watched like American teams play Okay, And so this was the first time I went to a game where you had people who watch baseball in other countries watching the game with you. It turns out, despite the fact that baseball is America's national pastime, every other country in the world has more fun watching baseball than we do. Just All right? the, when
2: the attendees.
0: Yes. So like in America, when we watch baseball, it's like we're going to church. We're quiet, we're <laughs> reserved, we're on our best behavior. Oh, We don't want to interrupt the players while they're doing something important. And I don't know why we're like this, because America, we're not known for being quiet, reserved people. We're we're a boisterous bunch. For some reason, you put us in a baseball stadium, and it's like we're waiting in line at the DMV. Just, just quiet, wait in line. No, that is not the case for Japanese baseball fans. So, first of all, in Japan, Apparently, they love baseball, they love them some baseball over there, so much so that a significant portion of Japan's population made their way to Miami, Florida to watch their national team play in the World Baseball Classic. And when they watch baseball, it is a party, okay? They're not quiet. (laughs) They're not reserved. They're going nuts. Uh-huh. Every second they're cheering. And it's not just like disorganized, random cheers because they're excited. It's organized. They have songs. They have a band. Like the band is playing music. Every single Japanese player has their own song. And, you know, that guy comes up to bat and the song plays. And all of the Japanese fans know all of the songs for all the players. And it's, it's like it's going like they, to a
2: wrestling match. Like-
0: it's incredible. <laughs> And by the end of it, they're having such a good time, and they're, and the fans are so awesome, and they're so kind. Like They don't boo the other team or anything. By the end of it, you kind of want to root for them. I wasn't even mad when Japan <laughs> won at the end. And oh, and by the way, the ending, oh my God. So the ending couldn't have been more perfect because the last out of the game, it was on the Japanese side. It was Shohei Otani pitching. I don't know if you know who Shohei Otani is. Uh, Shohei Otani, who, who is a Japanese player who plays in the United States, he is one of the best hitters in baseball, which is, which would be incredible if it weren't for the fact that he is also one of the best pitchers in baseball, which doesn't happen. Like no. we haven't like, you do you usually have to pick one. He's insanely good at both. <laughs> and so it's the ninth inning. It's the championship game. He hadn't pitched the whole game, but we're like, you know what? We're going to put our best guy in to pitch the ninth to win the game. He got to pitch against Mike Trout, who is like the best American hitter. And normally Ooh. they play on, they play on the same major league team. So we never oh, see them play each teammates. other. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're teammates in major league baseball, but USA versus Japan, they're on different sides. And so we get to watch Shohei Otani pitch to Mike Trout in the last out to win the game. He strikes out Mike Trout. Japan wins. Everybody goes nuts. Like even the Americans are uh, and fans are pretty happy at this point cuz it was just such an unbelievable game. Um and just I've never seen anything like it. And I want I want more like Japanese style baseball fans. In America like, we need to cheer for our players the same way they do in Japan we need songs I want a band the band was so cool we need to do that here baseball doesn't have to be church I've now discovered
2: I know it sounds like a southern Baptist Church Like you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can go to like the uh, reserve churches and then you can go to the churches where they're like
0: you know what? shouting
2: in the aisles rooting for what they want and they all <laughs> sing together too I'm just saying. that's what
0: it is American <laughs> baseball fans Catholicism <laughs> Japanese baseball fans Southern Southern Baptist Baptist. amen so so great oh my gosh it was a blast so I'm in a good mood and we got lots of things to be in a good mood about other than that we got a fantastic guest coming up in the next segment we're going to be joined by hip-hop artist producer and cultural ambassador Mecca Godzilla this guy's incredible he gets to travel the world bringing hip hop to everybody. He works with nonprofits. He works with kids to me, Lauren, what he kind of exemplifies, which is an important thing for other indie creators to get to see in action is an indie creator who is showing all the things that you can do as an indie creator that are outside of the box, right? If one of the best things about being independent is that you're independent. Nobody can tell you what to do. You don't have to follow the cookie cutter path for your career in the entertainment industry. And so, yeah, Mecha Godzilla makes records and he puts out music and he goes on tour and he performs like artists do but he also does cultural ambassador stuff. He travels the world. He creates nonprofits. He helps make the world a better place. He's he's giving like Medic, he's getting medical care for independent musicians and legal services for independent musicians and he's working in schools and and he can do all these things because he doesn't have a label telling him what to do. He's got his own label. It's awesome. You so, can't
2: waste your time with stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine <laughs> trying to like you're you're signed to Universal Records and you tell them, hey, I want to take eighteen months off to go to, uh, you know, Nepal. To uh, bring hip hop to uh, to Nepal, they're gonna be like, no, no, we don't want you Sorry, in Kathmandu. Uh, we want you in the studio.
2: <laughs> I can't, I can't accept those dates. I've got a school production that we're going yeah, to, I mean, and I just can't let those kids down. I love it. I met him for what a few minutes backstage, and I just like he's. The things he does outside of music seem to bring him as much, if not more, joy. Like I he radiates the joy from the things he's doing, which is just really fun to see.
0: Yeah. I really enjoy talking. He puts he, he he's one of those people that puts a smile on your face just by talking to him. He's got what the Gen Zers call the Riz for sure. Uh, <laughs> lot, you know, just very
2: I don't know what that means. I feel so old right now. What is well, the Riz?
0: W- while you look up well, <laughs> I could have you look it up on Urban Dictionary, but I really need you here producing because you're co hosting as well. So we kind of need you here the whole time. It's short, it it is a, it's short for charisma, right?
2: Oh, okay. That makes sense. I'll take it.
0: See, that's, see, that's the nice thing about being like a college teacher. You get to stay, stay in with the lingo like I am. All right. So we got Mechagodzilla. Um, before we do our A.I. Overlords tip of the week, I just want to just talk very, very quickly about this insane thing I saw about Ticketmaster. We've talked for weeks about how like Ticketmaster is just like the worst. And and we are seeing more and more cases of artists who are trying to make their concerts affordable, who understand that we're going through hard times right now. A lot of people struggling to make ends meet, but you still want them to enjoy music. So we're going to try to price our tickets as low as possible. And of course, one of the bands that's going to do this is The Cure. Because, of course, because The Cure is awesome. Robert Smith, genuinely wonderful human being, and he wants people to be able to go out and see his shows. So he prices the tickets to a The The Cure show at the... Very fair and reasonable, $20 a ticket. In fact, that's not even reasonable. That is practically giving it away for somebody like The Cure. I would pay a lot more to see Robert Smith uh, sing in concert. So $20, good on The Cure for uh, really reaching out and helping out their fans there. Ticketmaster, however, did not play ball. We have a tweet here from uh, courtesy of Tim Burgess on Twitter that is telling us a little bit about uh, what happened when Robert Smith tried to price his tickets at $20 a piece uh, from the tweet. Uh, so the Cure and Robert Smith wanted to keep ticket prices at a reasonable level for fans on their upcoming North American tour dates. Of course, ticket maps, ticket master absolutely rinsed them with ridiculous extra charges. So if you look, you, if you're for the radio audience who can't see what Tim Burgess posted here, all right, the Cure. So this is somebody who bought four tickets to the show. Times $20, $80. Pretty good night out for four people. Like, if you can get in and out for 80 bucks, that's always great. Shoot, you could even buy uh, one popcorn for the four of you to share, and you're at 100 bucks. So, still pretty good night. But then Ticketmaster comes in and says, Oh, no, no, we can't let that happen. As the receipt shows in the tweet, Ticketmaster tacked on a $46 service fee, a $40 facility charge, and a $5.50 order processing fee. What the difference is between a service fee and an order processing fee? You would think that order processing would be part of the services that Ticketmaster provides. I will never know. And it is a mystery best left to the greatest scholars of our time. But now, The Cure tried to price this at $20 a piece. And for these four people that reasonable cure price put their final bill when the ticketmaster uh fees got added to it at $172.10 so thanks your $80
2: worth of tickets cost you $170 to get digitally not to get printed copies of yeah. mailed to you
0: <laughs> the ticketmaster fees cost more than the show
2: yeah almost yeah uh, that happened in one of my shows last year. We don't, re- we don't always work with Ticketmaster, but we had one of those. And when I was buying a bunch of tickets, I realized that they literally doubled our ticket price. <laughs> and we were like, how do you? What? So, yeah, they're easily doubling ticket prices.
0: I have no additional commentary to this <laughs> other than just to say, <laughs> Boo! I'm going He's to be drunk. unlike all of the Japanese fans at this World Baseball Classic, and I'm actually going to boo something here.
2: <laughs>
1: boo!
0: They didn't boo so anything? Bad. They no, just they cheered? Don't, no, they just cheered. And in fact, like wow. when Amer- and during the game when like the American players did legitimately good things, they were politely applauding.
2: You got golf applause? Yeah. Good job, man.
0: Because not only do they love their team, they just love <laughs> baseball generally. And so when they get to see good baseball happen, whether it's somebody wearing a USA jersey or a Japan jersey, they're just happy. Happy to be there and oh my god it's it was such an incredible experience Sounds like I, great energy I hope that they keep having the world baseball classic games in uh at least at least one of the games in Miami going forward because I want to have more experiences like that I think I also want to go to Japan one day and see one of these games when it's actually all Japan fans and like the band is big and it's all noisy instead of like only half Southern Baptist and half Catholic, which is what I experienced last night. Anyway, um, actually, all this sports talk is okay because most of the content that they do on Slam Radio is sports talk, so we're actually fitting in a lot better than usual this week. Um, <laughs> That's but one let's way get look at it. Let's get right back to the content that puts us in stark contrast to most of what else is on Slam Radio, and let's do our AI Overlords Tip of the Week in honor of the world baseball classic our ai overlord tip of the week is going to involve baseball a little bit so as you know for the folks who are following the show more recently We've been challenging our AI overlord to give us tips of the week while also having to shoehorn in a quote from a movie. And so this week, what we're going to do with Chad GPT, our AI overlord, is to have it give a tip of the week. But it needs to include a quote from what I think is the best baseball movie that's ever been made. Major League, the 1990 classic Major League. I, I think I still watch it once a year on an annual basis. And so I just grabbed a quote from that movie. The quote is when Harris says to I'll set the scene. All right. Little little set scene here. (laughs) okay." Pedro Serrano is the big power hitter on the team. And he's into some like, you know, kind of mystical sort of Caribbean religions. And he's got Joe Boo, this little character guy who is like the God that he worships or whatever. And he's trying to pray to this God to help him hit a curveball because he's having trouble hitting a curveball. and the uh, pitcher on the team this guy harris sees uh, serrano praying to joe boo and says to serrano have you considered accepting jesus christ as your personal lord and savior and serrano says um i know jesus he is a good man but he can't help me with the curveball and harris goes are you telling me jesus christ can't hit a curveball so we're gonna have ChatGPT give us a tip of the week including the quote are you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Here we go. Today's tip is all about finding your niche and making it your own. As we journey through the creative process, it's important to remember that not everyone will excel in every area. After all, are you trying to say that Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Even the most talented individuals have areas where they may not be as strong, so don't let that discourage you. I don't think that quote made sense in that context, but we're going to (laughs) go ahead and let it ride because I just enjoy hearing that quote. To continue, with this in mind, don't be too hard on yourself if you struggle in certain aspects of your craft. Instead, focus on what you do best and let your unique skills shine. Carve out a space for yourself where you can create, learn, and grow as an artist. Embrace your strengths and use them to make your mark in the indie scene. To help you identify your niche, start by assessing your skills and passions. What do you enjoy doing the most? What aspects of your work receive the most praise or attention? By understanding where your strengths lie, you can better tailor your content and projects to suit your specific talents. So, a great quote that I love giving artists from a non-AI source, an indie, amazing indie musician named Kim Bookbinder. She put that same sentiment much more succinctly when it comes to being a successful artist, know your strengths, do those things, know your weaknesses. Don't do those things. (laughs) We often fall in love with this idea as an indie creator of, of being a DIY artist. And, you know, so, But if you you don't want to take that literally because you can't do everything yourself, not only is there not enough hours in the day, but you're not good at everything. What makes more sense is to spend the hours that you have in the day doing yourself the things that you enjoy and are good at and you're passionate about and outsourcing the things that are your weaknesses so that you can focus, spend more time focusing on your strengths. So the AI Overlord is way on point here, despite the fact that they kind of messed up the movie quote a little bit in a way that did not make sense.
2: That's because if you were going to go with a movie, I really wanted you to go with a league of their own. And I was like really looking forward to all the fun quotes you could have thrown in from that one. And so I was a little disappointed here. Mm. <laughs> The AI overlord was like, all right, fine, I'll do that.
0: <laughs> well, g- now
2: that you mentioned it, yeah,
0: I think there's <laughs> no crying in baseball would have been a have lot been easier for the overlord to make a yes. tip out of. Yep, yeah, this is on me. I was a little too hard <laughs> on, the, on the machine this week, on the robot this week. I should have given it an easier baseball. He's like,
2: clothes. really? You're not going to throw me a curveball? You're going to throw Jesus a curveball? I'll show you. <laughs> Oh, man. No. Uh, so, but well, like. Well, he can't always hit a home run, right?
0: Hi, oh. Sorry. Oh, wait. I don't have my rim shot thing, so we're just going to have to play the cartoon party horn instead.
2: <laughs> I mean, I
0: would imagine that our guest coming up in the next segment, Mecha Godzilla, embraces a lot of this idea, right? Uh, he. he from what we've read about him, like his cultural ambassador work, his nonprofit work, he focuses on the things that he shines at. He's, at some point in his career, he must have taken inventory of his skills and his passions. What is he good at? And then built a career around those strengths. At least once.
2: Like, like, I feel like he's gone through these a few times. (laughs) That's right. And then sits with others while they figure them out. That's that's one of the, uh, I think, most important things is continually paying attention to Assessing yourself and the others around you. Once yeah. you get stuck in your way, you're not going anywhere.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Now, one thing that I really enjoy watching artists be strong at, that is, uh, I, I never cease to be amazed by the cool things that artists do with this platform, is the artists who are getting really good at finding innovative ways to promote their music on TikTok. We've talked before in the past about some bands on the platform and some artists on the platform who had the opportunity when their song came out to promote their song on TikTok the way that you might think you want to. I'm gonna, oh, I have a, I wrote a new song. Let me just play the song while like I tell people, oh, download my song or let me get out my guitar and just play the song on TikTok in front of a camera and and then you know see who will listen to it.
2: Hope that everybody will
0: And hope that you know if, if I sing it, they will come. And generally that practice doesn't really work, right? in a platform where millions of videos are getting uploaded every day at least at least until uh, congress shuts it down which could be any day now um that approach of just putting your music out there and just hoping somebody will listen to it rarely pays dividends the way you want it to instead you want to find creative unique ways to you know build content around your song to bring people to your song we talked about the band walk off the earth that had a monstrously successful video by having their kids sing the song and sing the crap out of it. And then the the video of the kids singing the song wound up being more popular than any of their other videos of them singing the song on the platform. (laughs) And they had another one where they would hook their fruit up to electrodes to make it produce a sound when they hit the fruit. And then they played the song by, you know, playing fruit. And that was interesting and intriguing and a unique way to play the song. And I I saw uh, just earlier today on TikTok... I found another artist who had an interesting way of bringing people to his song. So, this is an Australian artist named Gojo, who has a new song out called Mrs. Hollywood. And this song has a ripping good guitar solo in it. It is an amazing guitar solo. Like The moment I heard this song, I'd, I streamed it a bunch of times just so I could hear the guitar solo over and over again. And he could have said to himself, alright, I'm going to make a TikTok where I just play the guitar on this song, like, you know, oh, check out the guitar solo on my song and just play it, and it probably wouldn't have been engaging. Instead, what Gojo did is he built an interesting piece of content around the guitar solo. So to set the scene, we're going to play the audio and video of it. But for the folks who can only hear the audio, I'll set the scene for you, okay? Gojo is standing on a street corner, and he is, uh, he's telling, he's playing the song on the street corner, but he has a second guitar set up on the street corner and he's telling anybody who walks by if you play I'll let you solo on my song hold using this guitar if you play the best solo I'll give you fifty dollars and then he recorded people trying to solo on his song and uh, here's the result Go ahead and play this for us please Lord
1: what would you write your guitar skills out of 10 bro still wish it stay guess how you're waiting for standing in line for Mrs. Hollywood I'm, I'm quite impressed. Not so good. Impressed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next. Excuse me, guys. Do you know how to play guitar, either of you? <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, I know you're gonna be good. So, how would you say your skill is on a scale of one to ten? Maybe like a three. Huh? Standing in line for Mrs. Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, I got so, love
0: it. Right, so the first, so he, he's saying fifty dollars to who can, who can play the best solo on my song while I play. The first guy goes up, it's not very good, and he even says in the beginning, the "Oh, how do you rate your guy, guitar?" Right. Yeah, the arrogant guy's like, "Oh, I'm a ten out of ten <laughs> guitar player," and his solo isn't that good. And then the next girl comes up, and it's a girl, and he's like, oh, how how do you rate your guitar skills, Gojo asked her. And she says, like, a 3 out of 10. And, of course, like, he plays it, and she solos on it, and she absolutely shreds. And, you know, she gets the $50. And it's pretty obvious. All right, this is going to, like, break some people's hearts. It's pretty obvious when you after you listen to the video a few times, the whole thing was a setup, right? How was the solo perfectly mixed? (laughs) And... And then if you go ahead and you listen to the track, it's the same solo from the track. The whole thing was a setup. She, this, There wasn't just some girl walking down the street who, ma- who happened to play the magical solo. But setting up this whole funny sequence where you have somebody playing and he's not very good. And then this girl shows up and she's all tiny and you don't think she's going to shred and then she shreds. That's the different, you know, having that really interesting plot line is the difference between a video that's going to get you 300 views and a video that's going to get you millions of views which is what this one did and so with just a little bit of interesting thought by telling a story you can uh have a much better structure by which to show people check out this awesome guitar solo right and in english classes they teach us show not tell right with writing like don't don't tell you don't tell the person don't tell the reader that the character is happy show them that the character is happy by writing about what the character is feeling right don't tell us this uh guitar solo is awesome by just kind of throwing it front and center and just playing it for you show us like tell us a story as this artist did and and you know and and build build a narrative around it have a have you out in the street that's the kinda of stuff that makes a video engaging and along the way a. I guarantee a lot of those people after they heard the solo even once they figured out oh my god this whole thing was a setup i'm guessing people still really dug dug the solo and got and streamed the crap out of gojo's song such a smart idea
2: featured another creator you know tossed attention and there's so much of that in the uh in the promotional world that you'll you get more when you're tossing the attention to somebody else than when you're trying to get it for yourself So if you are going, wow, look at this incredible guitarist that featured on my song, you're tossing that attention. Yeah, it promotes your song, but you're tossing the attention to another creator that's work you value. And I think that's a great thing. I kinda wanna know, I got that it was staged pretty early, but what I wanted to know is if the people on the street got that it was staged. Like in our world, we don't really know one way or the other. And if they're walking by and people are playing stuff on the street, That is promotion as well. That is, oh, wait, what page are you on? Who are you? And that's helpful. (laughs) And if you don't
0: like the artifice involved in a video like this, I could imagine that you could do, you could make a really interesting TikTok video by doing something like this for real. Imagine if you were, say, a hip hop artist in the vein of (laughs) Mecha Godzilla, and you gave people on the street an opportunity to lay down a freestyle verse on one of your tracks and you know where you like you know you do like you know eight, well, if you're eight featuring bars your or whatever beat,
2: right like if you right if you've mixed a beat that you really like see what people toss on top of it yeah Real time live yeah
0: and, and then and then you know do some videos where you show like the really funny ones where they flop and then the really really good ones and then you might be able to shine the light on another creator as you mentioned lauren and you bring attention to your really good beat because it, while you are shining light on the creators, maybe you're like laying down a few of your verses before the other person goes. And so it's a way to introduce people to your song without just kind of shoving the song into their faces yeah. by being like, Oh, listen to my song. Like you're you're a little more coy about it. And I think I, I think the audience can respond positively to something like that. And I see Mecha Godzilla in the chat kind of like stroking his chin, like, we're gonna write that idea down. Hmm. You know, you wind up doing something like that, Mecca. You better uh, credit break the business for the amazing idea we just gave you for free.
2: He's taking it to the next level. He's like, all right, so if I have a train of children outside, each giving a different verse, then Mm. what are we? And I'm
0: like, "Mm." he's going to be doing this in Nepal, and it's going to be. He's not
2: taking our idea. He's taking our idea to the next level,
0: and because of course that's (laughs) what he does. Because that's that's the reason why he's who he is, and uh, we are who we are, uh, talking way too much about baseball on a podcast for indie creators, but we're going to fix that in the next segment, excited to bring in our guest Mecha Godzilla, after the break. Don't go anywhere. Keep checking out Break the Business. Ryan Corella here, I hope you're enjoying the show and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you, a lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Carella, PA, Miami, Florida.
2: Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life.
0: Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at RyanKair, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business, everybody. You can check us out on all major podcasts and live streaming platforms and on our satellite radio home at SiriusXM one forty five. Wherever you're checking us out, we are happy to have you. Ryan Corella here with producer Lauren. Lauren, I just read during the commercial break that over half of the televisions in Japan were tuned in to the world baseball classic for that final. Can you imagine? Half of them? Over half of them. Like, we
2: can't get that many to tune into the World Series.
0: It's worse than that. This wasn't even on the main Fox network in the United States. So, this was like in Japan, this was like all they were watching. In the US, this got bumped from Fox to Fox Sports Network because they had to run 911 Lone Star instead. Really? So yeah, yeah like they, they 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 did not want to bump 911 Lone Star for the biggest game in the history of the baseball world. Anyway, let's go and bring out our guest this week. He is an acclaimed producer and MC who serves as a United States cultural ambassador for hip hop, fostering cross-cultural exchange in countries like Uzbekistan, Nepal, and Taiwan. You can find out more about our guest work by visiting www.mechagodzilla.com. We are happy to welcome Mechagodzilla on to break the business. Hello,
3: Peace, peace and love. What's <laughs> up, so Ryan? And Lauren,
2: that sounds peace. incredible.
0: <laughs> peace Thanks. and love, right back at you. I want to talk all about uh, the work that you're doing around the world. It sounds amazing. Uh, but first, I, if you could indulge us in a little bit more of this World Baseball Classic talk, only because I know, well, I,
2: there's there's a Ryan method likes to my baseball. Okay,
0: there's a method to my madness, producer Lauren. Okay, okay. Mecha Godzilla spent a great deal of his career in japan so he knows japan quite well and i'm wondering are you familiar with like how much baseball is like a big thing over there
3: yeah so i I first went to my first baseball game in 2018 and um i saw it was the hiroshima um carps versus the tokyo swallows and i just remember how much of an event it was like we have you know the, the fans have the same type of noisemakers but the songs like what the you said earlier time, i was like what is going on and i was like why does every player have a different song like and the fans knew it and what i love what, what you shared is you know the fans are going to the games so they know the they're hearing the other team's songs over and over again so they know the songs they just don't like the team you know so <laughs> coming here those fans are going to know all the songs, you know? And they're pretty catchy in Japanese, like it's 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 way too much fun. And everybody's I, so peaceful. Like, you know. Oh what my I mean? god. I was <laughs>
0: trying to figure out how they knew all the songs. Like did all 13,000 of them just meet at somebody's house the night before and they were rehearsing it or whatever? Cuz like they were yeah. all together. It was and and like the band was on point. It was it was really really something special. What happens special. when
2: they introduce a new player? Like I get over time you know the people's songs because you've right. heard them over and over is there like a launch party like we've got a new player on our team here's their song
3: like, that would be funny. <laughs> it has to come out party.
2: somehow exactly right.
3: <laughs> that would be funny like just, that's right just godzilla
2: the- produced the album for our <laughs> new player
0: just drop this hot track for the new dh um <laughs> okay But Japan isn't the only country in the world that you spend a lot of time in. You are, in fact, a world traveler when it comes to the music that you make. You are a United States cultural ambassador for hip-hop. Yeah. That has to be the coolest job title in the federal government. When I was a kid, I wanted to be like a senator or something. Now I want to be a United States cultural ambassador for hip-hop. That sounds incredibly cool tell me there's like a senate confirmation process for this like you have to go before a committee joe Manchin's like listening to your music like oh this MF are spitting this is great uh, <laughs> how does
3: one get this gig
2: i want this gig i mean not the hip-hop part like i'll be a cultural ambassador for uh...
3: yeah i i gotta say um there's a there's a thing called next level usa and they partner with the meridian international center um in D.C., and this is powered by um, an idea that came out of the uh, U.N.C. Chapel Hill Music Department from this gentleman named Mark Katz. And he realized that um, there's countless hip-hop artists that don't necessarily have funding or resources to amplify their work globally. Like he noticed that there was just a divide, similar to what you were saying, like with the major labels earlier. Like the labels, you know, they have they have a budget to push you. And, and push him in a particular direction. But artists like me like to do more grassroots things. And Mark, he realized like artists like me don't necessarily get the resources to... So he created this grant in conjunction with the US Department of State. So all of these groups are involved and every single year they get uh, 25 hip hop artists, whether it's graffiti, breaking, DJs, MCs, DJ, um, beat makers, and they get them together, it's an application process, so they have to go through hundreds of applications and they select the Avengers and then they send teams of five to different countries. The Avengers. Yeah, the hip hop (laughs) Avengers really. And it's, you know, all different ages. Some are as young as like 20, early 20s to hip hop legends. And you won't believe like some of the legends that have gone and they send us on these different teams to work in disenfranchised communities around the world um i don't want to say that we bring hip-hop there because hip-hop is definitely there but we blend with the community we listen to the youth we give master classes in our particular um like study and then uh we pull the resources to have a big concert after two weeks with all the kids and get the city to support them you know so it's literally next level work yo it's amazing It's so much It's incredible.
2: So you
0: work with the young artists in that area who are doing hip hop and you, you know, you work alongside them in like a masterclass format to get them ready for some kind of big event in their community
2: to produce a live entertainment event, which is value unto itself. Yeah, Yeah. for both them and their community, seeing the power of performing. Yeah.
3: They, for, particularly in Uzbekistan, um, it's a very Muslim country and the voice of women doesn't necessarily get pushed up to the forefront. So a lot of us use the platform to push these women on the stage that are just incredible artists. And then we worked on conflict resolution workshops, like how to navigate when like uh, hyper masculinity, I won't say toxic, cause I believe masculinity and femininity are both healthy. It's just um, hyperness is too much. So how do you uh, resolve those conflicts in a peaceful way and still get what you need to get, you know, integrating with, like, a man that might be just way too much? And it's the old USSR, so it's, like, that energy is very, it's still there, you know? So we do, like, different workshops and entrepreneurship workshops as well to identify areas where they can start amplifying their voice and possibly make some money, too, so.
0: How do you get past the language barrier with the work that you do? Um,
3: <laughs> well, I learned enough in Russian. So what I do, all the countries that I go to, I, I try to learn enough like Strasvit. Like as soon as they hear that, Minyazavut Mecca, you know, they're like, What? You know? So the same in Japanese. I try to learn enough, and that's like a hook, and it gets people very comfortable. And a lot of them speak English, um, Uzbek and Russian, which is trim you know, they make Americans look really dumb. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Some of us don't even speak English well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, so, yeah. Yeah, that's the spill, man. Next Level is pretty dope, man. I love being with them. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. I imagine there are a lot of creators out there, maybe in the hip-hop space or maybe in other forms of music, who would love the opportunity to be a cultural ambassador to kind of Engage in these cultural exchange programs to allow their art to be a force for good throughout the world for the artists out there who might be interested in these kind of programs or similar programs. Do you have any advice for them on how to get started?
3: Yeah, if you're in the hip hop uh, community, it's next underscore level underscore USA dot org. The application process is towards the end of uh, the fall. Each year, that's when the app opens. So keep your eyes out in October for the application and try to apply. And then, um, oof, this is a good one. It's not necessarily US. um, There's a lot of grant money here, but it isn't that easy to get. It took me like five or six years to find Next Level, like just consistently searching for artist grants, like Mm -hmm. for musicians particularly. yeah, this is this is a good one to be honest. I can't sit here and give you like an answer that's it's not easy. I will say yeah. that to the artists out here. It's not easy. But if you're in hip hop, try next level USA. You will be surprised.
0: That's yeah. very cool. And they now pay
3: well. they pay us very well to do what we do. So
0: yeah. That's man, that's so exciting. And and Lauren, you should know that Mecca. The great work that he does isn't just happening internationally. He's been helping communities right here at home, right alongside what he does overseas. He was a founding member of the Grassroots Artist Movement. This is a nonprofit organization that helped provide free health care, dental, legal advice, and uh, help uh, for get show bookings for indie oh, hip-hop wow. artists in Philadelphia and New York. How did you get involved with starting that organization up?
3: Um, in college here at Hunter College, uh, we had like a hip hop advocates club and, uh, we realized that a lot of the artists that we love just weren't on radio. So we decided to make a union to do everything that you said for the indie artists and try to leverage our, um, artist community power to push radio, to play a little bit more of Yasin Bey or Talib or Common, um, even Lauren Hill, you know, like. We wow. just weren't hearing our artists that was speaking to us as young young guys, like in young women. Um, so we really, you know, we had like a lot of engagement, I would say, with the industry just to see if they would equalize the messaging on the radio. And I'll just uh, wrap the point with: around that time, it was a lot of like alcohol and drug messaging, but there's so many songs that speak to us like uplifting and pivoting and just you know and these messages weren't on the radio so it was just like can you balance it out so that's why the union was created to really you know give artists free health care free dental legal at five dollars a month and push the majors and the radio stations to give equal footing to the local artists here you know so yeah and that i'll just uh wrap the point as well the union evolved into what we have right now, which is a black vegan festival that's open to all every single summer. And it's like a giant festival, tons of vendors, uh, presenters on how to get our community to be healthier with the food that we're eating based on what we have, which is a lot of food deserts, it's a lot of liquor stores and you know, grocery stores aren't great quality, but how do you go into the grocery store and find what's good quality so that you can be healthy eating you know lots more veggies and less soda and quarter waters and beers and liquors you know so our union still serves the community just more in a health way so not healthcare, but showing you how to eat and then in that festival we have hip-hop artists and all performing so yeah it grew
2: <laughs> we've discussed a number of times on the show trying to get indie creators to Unionizes. we get together and make things happen, and we've heard over and over again. It's like hurting cats. It's really hard to get a bunch of independent people a that lot are of
3: egos. A well, lot they of pride
2: egos. themselves on yeah. independence, right? So if I'm you pride yourself, yourself said, on yeah. independence, then trying to do something unified is hard to sell how how did you find that and how can we harness that to to make more of that you ready to go nationwide and help the indie creators get together because uh, i'm impressed i'm impressed you pulled that off
3: thank you i think um if i can quickly answer that i think um one of my my big brothers his name is rodan he's another monster <laughs> um, i'm noticing a theme with the
0: uh, the folks it. in your group all the godzilla enemies there yeah. i assume you have a mothra floating around too
3: there was. Shout out to Azar. Yes, she's mother. <laughs> Um One thing he mentioned was um, there's hierarchy and then holacracy, right? So, like, hierarchical, like, people always want to be, like, number one. But when you're thinking about a holacracy, it's more of, like, a group type of idea. So, people can think more holocratically, like, knowing that, yes, you're a general, but, like, you need other artists in order to find the common ground and then push forward instead of trying to do everything yourself. I, I was the artist that wanted to do everything myself. But once I got to like age 35 and I found myself in a club and then I'm like 40 and I'm in another club and I'm like, uh, I think I need to like scale back and just not only mentor, but get more help if I want to reach certain goals. Like I just can't wear all the hats. It's not smart you you'll burn out doing that you know what i mean i really believe that so So,
0: this life of service-based art that you've embraced it sounds like that wasn't what you had set out to do in the beginning of your career in music you were looking you in the beginning maybe you were pursuing a more conventional path as an indie (laughs) creator and then you started to embrace this other side from what i'm guessing from talking to you I mean, really seems to be the thing that lights you up. Like the way you talk about serving others, you you almost sound like you're more excited about that than about making music, which I know you're also very excited about.
3: Oh, this is a great question. Yes, Ryan. So when I when I started, it was an era of the game um, was sold and not told type of era. Mm. So going through that and sometimes you meet your heroes and you're just like, wow, you're a complete a-hole. Like, I wish I never met you. Like, I love your records. <laughs> why are you such an a-hole you know come on name names give us one give us one Can't do that (laughs) but um and then as i grew and then you know uh i'm also an advocate for international women that come to new york as artists and they want to pursue their dreams and i know the social dynamics of what it means to be a woman in the studio i'm not a woman but i understand the dynamics of how men treat women in these spaces they record with them and don't want to give them the sessions or hoard the sessions and don't want to give it up until there's some sort of unfair value exchange you know in a inappropriate way i'll say Mm -hmm. and it really pissed me off so i found myself mentoring women that just got here like yo do not go to the studio after nine and if you see alcohol in there it's time to leave You see them smoking and they're too slow to load up a session and you're supposed to be singing it's not good for your voice why are you there consider recording at home and just working with somebody to engineer like i'll show you you know so i realized i was doing that and then it just grew so i would try to help whether they're younger older you know that my framing started to be like that but still very much wanted to do my own art but that's how the service-based Uh, assistance from me started to come out, is really trying to be an advocate for women and protect them here in the New York City setting. So, yeah.
2: Glad someone is. (laughs) No, seriously.
3: Yeah.
0: Good on you. That's fantastic. The, The interviews I love doing the most on this show are the ones with artists just like you who have discovered that by virtue of being independent, by having full discretion over how to go about their career, they can embrace a life of service in a way that other creators who are, you know, going the more traditional path in their career can't because they have strict uh, strictures and restrictions and big media companies that are telling them what to do. And, you know, you can't just, you know, go to Nepal for a few months. <laughs> and, and like, for the, but the ones like you who do embrace that life of service, you know, most most psychologists will tell you that's exactly how to find happiness right like happiness is not what you get it's what you give of yourself to others and so artists like you actually wind up kind of finding this really great smile as a result of this kind of life and ultimately that's what we're trying to do with our with with indie creators is we you know along the way we want all the folks that we advise on this show to become happier and i'm telling you indie creators this is where you find the happiness it's by giving of yourself it's mentoring it's serving others and by virtue of being an artist by virtue of being a creator by having this gift that you've honed and sculpted you are in a really good position to give to others because that gives you influence and you can mentor others in art and people tend to follow great artists and, and do the things that they say so you know, somebody like Mecha Godzilla, you've realized this, yeah. and you've used your great talent and your gifts as a force for good, not just at home but throughout the world. And that's so
2: inspiring to me. Yeah, wow. teaching, right. sharing your passion when it's something that I think our culture doesn't value as much as it could should. So showing showing people like you uh, that there is value in things that they care about and can share a passion with somebody, I think is is incredible because you get to see that light continue. Like if it's burning a light in you and everybody else is going, well, that's a nice hobby and you can come in and say <laughs> say thanks. I know you think that uh, being a YouTube star isn't a career, but guess what it is for somebody. Um, but being able to show people that they enjoy what they're doing and can smile like you're smiling, like, hey, listening to this made a whole group of us go in with you and go, ah, oh, that was awesome. Like you feel that energy. And so the fact that you found a way to share that Is a void in our world and I I love that I appreciate that and I love that you're also encouraging others to do that You're not saying go make music. You're saying like this is our world. We have to look out for each other We have to build on each other. So good on you as Ryan just said
0: (laughs) Thank you you. Now there's no way to transition to what I'm going to ask you next (laughs) We cannot have this amazing powerful discussion about the power of hip-hop to change the world and then I'm just gonna completely shift into what I'm really excited to talk about here, which is a hip hop album about Street Fighter. Oh. but I need to ask you about this. okay. <laughs> you had a successful Kickstarter campaign to create a hip hop album about Street Fighter, which I assume we're talking about the video game Street Fighter. Game, 2? Street Fighter. Yes. natural you know but, like we're talking yes. we're talking blanca we're talking ken we're talking and Street Fighter chun 2. lee and m bison right <laughs> that that street fighter i did not think that street fighter and hip hop, or, or street fighter hip-hop and opera could all be brought together in what sounds like the greatest piece of art ever created and of course it it got funded on kickstarter who
3: wouldn't want to fund that please tell us about this Oh man, right? I'm like so geeked that you just asked. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm geeky. We're
2: totally
3: (laughs) geeky. (laughs) Oh man. Um yeah, so I was going through a period as Mecha Godzilla where um I actually left the rap group that I was in and I was kind of like solo by myself doing doing like a journey of rediscovery. And my family are all um on my dad's side, black men that took martial arts particularly kyokushin in the 1960s when it first came here so i grew up in the dojo so that's like the ryu connection on that side and then i was just like i love street fighter so i was like what if i just put myself as like a black version of ryu and then wrote these world warrior stories of me and my friends as i traveled through tokyo and then i literally was like i'm gonna make a movie So I just scored and I wrote all of these songs and I left blank spaces for the feature artists that I wanted, like my World Warrior friends, whether it's Canada, Singapore, Philly, like I got everybody that I loved and they were the Street Fighter characters. And then I just made a musical based on some of my real life experiences from suicides in Japan to um, going to the club and seeing like large professor DJing um, just all of these topics that represent things that I care about. And yeah, I fight with Vega and Zangief and Bison in this, <laughs> this. So it's like 15% fantasy and 85% like true stories. And I just use Ryu as a vehicle to tell these stories. And there's acting, poor jokes, all of that in this. So yeah, it's it's awesome, man. Yeah. Where do I
2: find this? I didn't right? miss I missed this in the pre-show. Like, what? I want to nah, listen.
3: It's called Ryu Black Perfect Ten on Spotify. And I gotta say, uh, Ryan and Lauren, a few like a year or two after it it, it was out, it was gonna be the twenty-fifth anniversary of Street Fighter. So I sent the song to Capcom and they put it on their box set, like they love the song so much it ended on like a box set and i'm like etched in hit street fighter history for this song
2: yes you're now street fighter canon like
0: that's that's amazing like that might congratulations that might be the coolest thing that's ever happened in the history of Street Fighter except for the fact that one time with Blanca I managed to destroy that car in only 20 seconds. So what? so it's it's right behind that. All right, it's
3: number 2. Wow, like you nice. like your album is definitely is the second best thing in Street Fighter history. You should feel good about that. I got to ask you Ryan, did you do that with the home gaming or in the arcade at the console? Like where did you do that less than 20 seconds break. oh
0: it was definitely the home game where i could use all kinds of game genie shit obviously i don't Selfie got the quarters to do that in the arcade i needed every cheat code imaginable obviously yes.
2: and we didn't have google to look up cheat codes that's right it wasn't a thing. oh yeah to buy that
0: game genie it like melted your super nintendo it was a mess <laughs> You can Whoa. find out more about our guesswork by visiting mechagodzilla.com. Lauren, here's what I'd like to do, okay? I okay. want to give you a little bit of time to set this up. Mecca's got a really great track that we want to play on the show called Tread. So what I think we should do is I'm going to ask Mecca the final question, and then we'll close with his song at the end, and then we'll do the uh, the the Break the Business Jonathan Mann outro at the end. Does that work? Can we Can we... Yeah yeah, yeah, it's a lot of walking and chewing gum here. yeah, all right. so while while Lauren's setting that up, Mecca, um, I will ask you our final question. It has been a treat, by the way. I've really enjoyed this. Lauren and I have had a great time. Last question for you, which I'm particularly excited to get your answer on. Do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward?
3: Ooh, um, First and foremost, don't do anything that doesn't make you feel good. Um, music is definitely a feeling and everything that I create, I create at my own pace. And I don't create if I'm not feeling good. So first, just try to make sure you get in the state of feeling good. And then lastly, do not keep up with the wave. Like F the wave. Who cares what anybody else is doing? Just try to figure out... How you can like do more self-discovery and connect more to you and create from that space. There's tons of other things I can say, but the biggest things is like, yo, the the algorithms are like kind of dictating what you should be liking. And sometimes that makes you feel inadequate or invalidated. F the algorithms. Algorithm literally is Al Gore dancing. Who wants to do that? <laughs> you know? yikes you know what i'm saying so don't keep up with that you know what i mean and we've all seen it we've seen him do it you know
0: i'm never gonna forget i'm never gonna be able to get the image out of my head of al gore at like the 2000 democratic convention yeah so that's that's (gasps) my
3: advice you know know? (laughs)
1: Oh, no.
0: Great dismount, Mecca. Again, you can find out more about our guesswork by visiting www.mecagodzilla.com. That's M E C C A Godzilla.com. This has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for hanging out with this, us hanging out with us this week, I should say. Speaking of people who can't even speak one language. Don't be a stranger. All right. We'd love to have you on again real soon. Keep let us know where in the world you're heading next, and we'd love to keep track of you
3: i appreciate it thank you both so much i appreciate you. Thank you all right
0: now we're going to play here on sirius xm radio mecha godzilla's latest track tread before we play it do you want to tell us anything about this track
3: yeah this is an exclusive it drops on april 4th Ooh. and uh it features a really talented mc from philly named keen and uh hip-hop legend eric bobo from cypress hill on djembe so i produced it keem's Keen's rapping it's a track about just going all out, being frustrated and going all out with the bank, you know, so enjoy.
0: I can't <laughs> wait. So, all right. So I uh, want to thank uh, our guest Mecca Godzilla producer, Lauren, and all of you viewers and listeners for checking out, break the business. We're going to play tread now. And so I will bid you all adieu. Thanks for checking out, break the business. We'll see you next week. Uh.
1: the madness. The tragedy is beautiful. What would Jesus do if he was stuck up in this cubicle? The animal in me is getting anxious. Gotta make a change soon. Make a little